Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Drinks, beer, more football. Welcome to Bink at Night. Second hour of Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Kristen Ocero, Julio Sanchez. Somebody in the week, last, last hour. A couple segments ago, we asked, I asked, I, I said that I think that this Herbert and Patrick Mahomes matchup could very well be the first time in a long time we've seen two elite quarterbacks in the same division. Obviously, it hinges on Herbert reaching elite status. Neither, neither me nor Julio think that he's at that level right now, but a good playoff run where the Chargers, let's say the Chargers were to go to Arrowhead for the championship game. That would put him in elite status, in, in our opinion. Uh, someone in the uh, someone on the text line said, Roethlisberger, Brady. No, they've never played in the same division. Uh, Steelers and Patriots have never been in the same division. And uh, when they did, because because I, I had to check this, because if, if you guys remember the before the Texans games of the NFL, there were six divisions. There was the the West, the East, and the Central. I had to check to see if the Patriots were ever part of the the Central, because the Steelers were. Nope, never been. And on top of that, uh, the Texans came in in 02, and Roethlisberger was drafted in 04. So, no, they've never played in the same division. <laughs> Another one Good said Breeze and Cam was all was elite. One year, 2015. You want to yeah, give I me? I can't give you that. You want to give me 2015? I, I, I give, give you, you 2015. Yeah. 2015. They were that was an elite matchup there between between uh, the Saints and the Panthers. That's it though. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I was, I was, I was thinking of teams for a second. Because I don't, I don't think the Saints were at that level yet. The Saints got their rise what twenty sixteen, I think, and that was when Cam started falling off again. So yeah, I, I was, I'll say, I'll say, uh, I'll say, the one year in twenty fifteen. That's it. But no, I'm not. I'm not giving you that long term. It, again, another person, Elway Montana, ninety three, ninety four. Yes, we we. That was the first thing we came up with. But someone else on the on the text line said um, Marino and Kelly, which is actually much much better because at that point Montana was kind of running on fumes at the end probably of his the career. top one right now. Yeah, it's the best one. I mean, it's certainly the most recent one. That's that was extending over years because you get the one year with like. Ryan and Breeze and, you know, Cam with Breeze, but that's that's it. Um, let's get to Julio's web hits. All right, sir. So uh, Babe Ruth's 500th career home run baseball bat just sold for $1 million. That's a pretty good pull for uh, some memorabilia, I'd say. What, 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 what was that? What was that again? The sold for a million? Babe Ruth's 
500th career home run baseball bat. Wow. You know, I'm not like a big sports memorabilia guy. That's pretty cool, though. I, that is really cool. Like my dad loves sports memorabilia. He's got like... Um, He's got like a Derek Thomas game war. Actually, it was a practice worn helmet. And he's got like football signed by players, jersey signed by players. So like my dad loves memorabilia. Do I you got, have you have anything I memorabilia wise? I I mean I got I got like What's your prized possession if I don't you do? Have um I mean I got like the the Chiefs flags, like the world does, championship flag. Like, McDonald's Chiefs flag <laughs> broke out. <laughs> I think it does. I don't collect memorabilia. I'm not a. I'm not like a sportsman. I'd say it is like the when I was a kid. I just (laughs) (laughs) don't even come with. So when I was a kid, this is like '98. I got (laughs) those are good flags. I love them. The world championship one is awesome. I love that thing. But um, they're in my they're in my living room. My girlfriend doesn't like them because they don't fit in with anything else in the living room. Your one that is that the one thing <laughs> those, she gives you this, in the house? Well, I got I got that and I got the like 60th me? anniversary flag. So I got two things in the living room. Everything else is hers. All the pain. family pictures and all that. That's the rest. Of that's her. <laughs> I get that and I, I get the little the our TV stand with my Xbox and PlayStation. But when I was a kid, I used to have that Trader Tony Gonzalez's autograph. Back when I think he was a rookie, when he was a rookie, uh, he went to the Boys and Girls Club. This was, I don't know if it's still there, but this is when the Boys and Girls Club was at uh, Southeast High School over there off Swope Park in the Hood Hood. And uh, I, he was, it was funny. Like, I remember just going up there. I was like, you know, I'm like, I think it was eight. And I'm like, is that Tony Gonzalez? You know, he's young and he was nice at that point before he started dissing Kansas City and was charging people for autographs and you know, he signed the autograph. It was nice. It was great. You know, that was my prized possession, sports memorabilia wise, when I was a little kid. Mine, uh, mine is uh, when I was shoot. I was probably in high school. I got my dad, and he passed it along to me. Now, uh, assigned Roberto Clemente baseball. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. So man. that that's probably my my number one. You know, that might that might be really valuable, yeah. dude. Oh, I'm I'm I have I haven't checked, but yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I, you might want to get thing. that authenticated if you haven't already. Oh, you might sure. want to get that authenticated. My yeah. dad, my dad did that with the helmet, got it authenticated, and like I don't know, you could probably get like a stack for it at least. Like uh, I don't like I said, it's a practice worn helmet, but, but like still, it's still pretty it's nice, legit, man. That was really cool. He got it. He yeah. just. Like one of one of my mom's friends happened to have it, and so he went. So they traded for it and got it authenticated, and you know now it's like one of his prized possessions. I also got him uh, for Christmas last year. I got him uh, like the Chiefs website was selling like the, this like plaque that had all the Chiefs signatures on it from the Super Bowl team. I went and got one. I got him one of those. I ordered one of one of those and get, got it to him for Christmas. Yeah. So text line. Let us uh, let us know what some of your prized uh, possessions memorabilia wise are. I think that might be a fun topic. Yeah. Um, that bat uh, was that that uh, home run was hit to record in 1929. So that's a pretty impressive uh, baseball bat. Yeah. What's next? Moving on. Wrestler gets banned after stabbing Spike into ref's head, which wasn't part of the show. So I don't know if you've if you've seen the clip or not, but uh, this this was really this really brought back some memories of old school wrestling when when things were kind of real, right? To where you see this wrestler. <laughs> He's on the back of this ref who is face down, belly down on the mat. He's got him in a chokehold, bending him backwards, and has this, I, I don't know if it's a horn 
or what the heck it is, some kind of spike, and he is literally jabbing the ref in the top of the head with this spike and, and makes the guy bleed. And this poor guy is crying for help, and it takes a good 20 seconds of him bleeding from his head before another wrestler steps in and kind of has to put a chokehold on this other wrestler to get him off of the ref. Insane. Supposedly he was drunk, uh, according I could to. See, I could see that. Yeah, according, supposedly that was he was brutal, man. he was drunk, according to the, uh, according to people that were there. Um, Apparently, this is not uh, the first time they've had to step in him crossing the line. So, so I'm I'm a big wrestling fan. You are. A lot of people know this. Um, yet. Yeah. Usually, I mean, obviously that stuff is planned ahead of time. No one's going to just <laughs> impromptu. Yeah, I'm going to just slash your head. That's like, that's a part of wrestling that's actually getting taken out. Like usually just the independent promotions is where that happens now. You don't see it in a lot of major promotions because uh, it's pretty unsafe if you're not doing it right. Like if I don't know if. And, you know, they're probably listeners that, that know about this. I don't know if you've seen, like, pictures of, like, some of these old wrestlers from back in the day. Like, uh, like Abdullah the Butcher. He was you know, real bad. But, like, Dusty uh, Dusty Rhodes back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ric Flair, even. They have grooves on their forehead, like, right around their hairline or where their hairline was. They, they're, they're, like, these grooves right around their hairline where they used to cut themselves, called blading. Uh, or, you know, doing color or, you know, they had all the gigging, all these different nicknames for it. But basically, it's, you're taking a concealed blade and you're cutting into your forehead during a match uh, after you, you know, supposedly take this really bad blow to the head that would cause someone to bleed normally. And you do that to kind of add some effect and drama to the match. Um it is a very common occurrence back in the day. You used to do it all the time, 70s, 80s, even throughout most Early of the 90s. 90s. Yeah. Throughout most of the 90s yep. and even like midway through the 2000s. But then in the latter part of the 2000s, uh, there were some concerns with people getting uh, hepatitis from it because, you know, blood, you know, open wounds and whatnot. So there was concerns about hepatitis. And so it really slowly kind of got taken out for the most part on major, major companies. But there's a lot of independent companies that still do it. Like, uh, you know, there's like hardcore promotions where you'll see guys like smack each other with light tubes and, you know, slam each other on piles of thumbtacks and whatnot gruesome stuff Those, like yeah that was that was I, I the real hard, deal back in the day man. i have a hard time watching that stuff uh i'm like i used to watch a lot of hardcore wrestling when like wwe did it but like now it's hard for me to watch it because it just doesn't look safe i mean it is I, lo- I loved it back in the day oh I loved yeah it. i used to love like i used to you know back in like the 90s 2000s you used to love when a guy would just smack another guy in the head with a steel chair but like now that we know about cte and all that mess it's like Mm, yeah, maybe don't smack yeah. a guy in the head with a steel chair. So, uh, yeah, this is scary. I, when I when I heard about the story, it was it was very scary to think about. It was very scary to watch. And you know, if you look at the pictures of the referee after with all the grooves in his head, like he's you know all the bruising and whatnot. Like, I mean, he was going to town yeah, on his head. If like, you're going to do that, you gotta be ultra careful. That's why they do it around the hairline. Because it's not as noticeable after, and it's a pretty safe place to cut someone, and they'll bleed a decent amount. It mixes with the sweat, and it looks worse than it really is. But you got to be really careful with it. And if you know this he's not supposedly that. drunk, it's probably not probably not a safe thing to be doing. What's next, Leo? Oh boy, 
eye-popping report details Zion William Williamson's <laughs> alleged poor eating habits to where he's rumored to be weighing now, which his normal playing weight is around about two, 260, 265. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's rumored to be around between 310 and, and 330 wow. right now. And for those of you that don't know, he hasn't played a game this season. Uh, he's been out with injuries uh, and you know, throughout his NBA career, which, you know, coming into the NBA, people had some major concerns about this, about his body not being the prototypical body for an NBA player and, and not being able to withstand that long of a season in, in the wear and tear of, of the NBA season. Yeah, he's been injury prone. He's, I mean, he supposedly, I, I was reading this story, what was it late last week? I think it was. This dude eats whole large pizzas. Apparently, and uh, drinks and drinks two liters, two liters of, of soda of too. Sodas. I mean, when I was in college, I Not used to, I to, used to eat whole large pizzas. I didn't eat the crust. The crust was gross. But I, I, I did used to eat whole large pizzas and whole large pizzas in college. Which is why I gained all that weight. And but I'm gonna tell you this right now, bro. That and a two liter, bro. That is some work. And some of these, you know, you see these big athletes. Like, you ever see the diets of these really large athletes? Like, I mean, just like The Rock, who's not even an athlete. He's just an actor that's really big and lifts all the time. His diet is like 12,000 calories a day. Just but of healthy um, food, though. Yeah, but it's still a gargantuan. It, it, it doesn't matter if it's healthy if you're eating like 12,000 calories a day. That's a lot of damn food a for a human being to be eating in a day. But because he's so big... Like, that's the diet he has to have. Zion's young. This is, what, his third year in the league now? Yep. So he's really young. If you're the if you're the Pelicans, you got to get this guy a nutritionist. If you haven't already, you need I mean, to have I'm an sure intervention with one. him. You got to – I mean, I don't think – they but, don't, I, they usually not paying for that. But, like, this guy is your franchise. He is basically the guy that you replaced Anthony Davis with. You got to get – you gotta get him gotta in get shape. Get him under control. You have to get this dude in in, in shape. But if the, if he the problem is right, if he doesn't want to take it seriously, which I don't know why you wouldn't, if if you have the potential to be an elite player in the NBA, making millions and millions of dollars, can be at the top of the top. Why you wouldn't take it seriously? But if it's not his passion. I mean, you can't force him to, right? At the end of the day, he might end up being Jamarcus Russell. Except he was actually—he's actually good. Like when he's been healthy and he's played, he's been good. But he might end up he might like be, Jamarcus he Russell. Up, he eats himself out of the league. Uh, he might end up being like a Greg Oden. Yeah, but Greg like had all the micro fracture injuries. Yeah, yeah, he had. The, but like, it's the same thing. I mean, this yeah. is maybe more self and like. Yeah, but like Greg Oden was worse. Like oh, we yeah. didn't oh, yeah. know. We thought Greg Oden might be good, but we didn't know he was going to be good until like years in because he didn't play for the first few years. We know that Zion's good when he's healthy. He just can't stay healthy. He's not going to help it up by uh, eating all eating up all these damn uh, large pizzas. Two liters. Two whole days. <laughs> Man likes his shit. I, it, would, it would take me all day to do that, bro. It would take me all day to, uh, to eat all that. The J Southland Toe Service text line. Um, someone said uh, Patrick. They, they their favorite sports memorabilia, their prized possession, is uh, a signed college Patrick Mahomes football. That's, That's a, legit. It's a good pull. I like that. That was a very good pull. Um, uh, somebody said. Somebody said Steve McNair and Peyton Manning, elite quarterbacks playing in the same division. 
That's a good poll. Yeah, what, what, how solid. long was it though? Yeah. We'd how long was it, how? Because I think it, they won co MVPs. What oh three? I think it was oh two oh three. One of those two years. But I don't know. If, like maybe a couple. So maybe that's the last one. Maybe that. So maybe that's your answer right there. Maybe, um, maybe, uh, maybe that's the reason why they. Uh, they didn't do that. Somebody said, why do you think we didn't challenge the Mahomes fumble? Because all turnovers are are reviewed automatically. automatically yeah. So they, they reviewed it, and they said it was a fumble. From the 816, the uh, George Brett rookie card signed. That's that's solid. Yeah. Yeah. That's solid. Yeah. Somebody said autographed baseball bat by Frank White and George Brett rookie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got that. Uh, that's, a, that's a strong one. Somebody said Roethlisberger versus Manning. Uh, no, they didn't play in the same division. The... Uh, Roethlisberger's 04. That was after the central split into the uh, the north and the south. Coming up next, I tell you why I don't blame Brandon Staley for being aggressive last night on fourth down. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Chris Julio Sanchez, Jay Southland, Toe Service Text Line, Zion equals Eddie Lacy. How many guys, you brought this up in, during the break, Julio. I mean, this is a great topic. I How think. many, wh- who's the greatest player that ate himself out of the league? Let's list them all off. I mean, that that is an exceptional topic. I mean, Jamarcus did. That was one of the reasons. It was not the only reason why he uh, also didn't study or prepare for games. So that's part of the reason why. I gave him a blank videotape and said, hey, study these plays. And he 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 said he studied the plays on this blank tape. So that's that's one of the he's one of the options. Um, Eddie Lacey's a strong one. Uh, how many other how many other options do we have for players that ate themselves out of the league? I mean, there's NBA players that have, that have done this. I mean, what's his name? Luka Doncic supposedly the last couple of years has shown up overweight for the season. Like they said, he showed up at like 260 before this season, like before training camp. I, I would say. Bartolo Cologne, but he ate his way yeah, into I mean, the league. Yeah, I mean Bartolo. I mean he used Bartolo that weight just, better than anyone. That's what I'm saying. Bartolo just kept eating, right? <laughs> he kept getting bigger, he kept and eating. better. That I think is Bartolo has to be the the least athletic looking great athlete that we've seen in professionals. Like Bartolo does not look like an athlete. He does not <laughs> no, look like an athlete. No. That does not look like that does not. You don't, you don't look at professional athlete and see him, but yeah, you know, he's, I mean, somebody said Pablo Sandoval. That's did. Yeah. No, he looked like another one. Kelvin Benjamin. That's a good one. That's solid. Kelvin Benjamin that's is a solid. strong, that's a, that is not the best one. Because Kelvin wasn't that great, but he was pretty damn good in his in his in his prime. Benjamin 
<laughs> what was that quote uh, that Booger had on Monday Night Football? He's one Popeye's biscuit away from being a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and he was, I remember hearing the reports when he was in Carolina and he was showing up overweight and just like hanging out from underneath his jersey. That's a, that's a, that's a good one. Someone said Sean Kemp. Uh, Sharon Collins. Yeah, Sharon Collins yeah. is a big boy. Yeah, he he. Sharon was a big, big but big like, guy. was Sharon gonna be a great player in the NBA? No, Sharon was he was little. Just a minute, Jamarcus Russell. We said that one. Uh, Let's go with John Daly. Can we throw John Daly? No, there, John Daly was he was already big. He was yeah, already big. He, he was got, really good. He's he good. Was. He's good, and he was already he ate, really big. He ate and drank his way. He, prob- I, he probably drank his way out of the out of the PGA. I don't think he ate his way out. He was already big. I mean, he was when he was winning. He was big. I mean, he wasn't winning a whole lot, but you know, he won like a tournament or two. He was already big. Yeah, Sharon, like I said, I don't think Sharon Collins was ever elite. So I, I can't, I can't say Sharon. Like he in college he was really good, but when he got to the pros, like he wasn't gonna make it anyways. But yeah, Kelvin's a, a strong one. Jared Lorenz, yeah, Jared Lorenzen did. But again, this is a guy that like he was a he was a a decent college quarterback, but he wasn't gonna make it in the pros. So I, I can't even say that. Yeah, Kelvin's a strong one. Might be your best NFL one. Because it was more for Jamarcus Russell. Tony Gwynn got a little a little big towards the end there. Yeah. I don't know that he played his way, he ate his way out. I don't but. know if he did that. But. Yeah, I really RIP. do. Yeah, that was a really good one with Kelvin. Yeah, that's a, that, is, God. that is solid. I remember, remember it was a 2018 that they got him for like a few games. And I remember I was like, man, like. If because that this the hype was, came around it, everyone. yeah, and so it was like, oh man, like if they can get Kelvin Benjamin as their third receiver, well, fourth one because they because Kelsey, like if he's their fourth receiver, this offense is unstoppable. Like they don't need Kareem Hunt who'd gotten cut uh, like a few weeks before. Uh, like I was like, they don't need him, and and then Kelvin Benjamin got like one, he got like one, yeah. Like, Kelvin got like he had like one or two catches. He had like a catch in the in the Chargers game that they lost on Thursday night, and like maybe one catch in the Seahawks game. I think that's it. He didn't do anything. Butterbean, <laughs> Butterbean, <laughs> Butterbean did. But Butterbean was always already big. But yeah, he did. He did kind of eat his way out of box. What, what about what about maybe like. I don't think Glenn Davis, right? He was no, he, he did. was always Glenn, big. Did yeah, he, but Glenn did Davis, he his way out, Glenn though? Davis put on weight. Glenn, Glenn. I mean, Glenn but Davis he was, always was always a big guy. He was always a big boy at LSU and with the Celtics, but he and he did kind of eat his way out. Like he's a he's a much bigger baby now than he was back then. He put on he's put on weight. You have, did you see him with the? Remember when they had that reunion? With the uh, with the Celtics, they did like, a, and they didn't have Ray oh, Allen because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they were still yeah. salty about yeah. him going to the Heat. Glenn Davis put on some weight. I remember I was like, damn, Glenn, what? What <laughs> happened, ate, Glenn? He ate the athletic Glenn Davis. <laughs> it's like, it's like Majin this Boo. This is a mean segment. That's a mean segment. Right now. It's your fault. You're the one that came up with it. It's a great topic, but it's, it's, it's kind of mean. This is mean. mean the, the Jay Southland service text line has been, they, they got some names. Someone said John Crook. That's probably a good one. It's a good one. Someone said, dude, Daly just had a $400 Taco Bell DoorDash order. <laughs> See, that's, that's you wrong. have to. That's well, wrong. Was it for him or was it for his family? 
Because if we had like a party at home, I could understand four hundred dollars. You got a lot of people. Some people want like some, uh, you know, some of those Doritos Locos or some of those five layers. Those can get up there in price. Uh, but if it was just for himself, yeah, we yeah. could we could go with a couple pitchers in baseball. Like like David Wells was, I think, kind of ate his way out. CC Sabathia, although I don't no, know. No, CC didn't eat his way he, out. Uh, he, he stopped he eating. Got, he got big there for a minute. He was big, but then he got skinny, dude. Like, CeCe lost a bunch of weight when he was with the Yankees. Like, when he was, like, early on in his career, he looked like he was going to eat his way out. But with the Yankees, he lost a ton of weight. Like, he's, like, skinny now. Well, like, skinny for, like, you know, what you expect for a dude who used to be fat. Like, <laughs> he's in really good shape now. Like, CeCe looked like he, he kind of looked like Carmelo Anthony now. Like he can, he could look like he he could he could play basketball or something. He still he he looks more athletic than he did when he was like with Cleveland. Like Cece's Cece's actually in good shape now. I can't I can't say that. I mean, Larry Holmes, Oliver Miller, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to get into what happened last night with Brandon Staley, Chargers head coach. He's been getting killed. I mean, he has just been getting slaughtered all day. I mean, even last night, I I, I turned on NFL Network after because uh, ESPN was showing. They were showing like a volleyball thing or something late last night after the game. Uh, so I turned it over to, to uh, NFL Network. And oh, I mean, Joe Thomas and Steve Smith and uh, Michael Irvin, who will not be allowed on the Chiefs bandwagon after he smashed that pumpkin two months ago uh, around Halloween with the Chiefs logo on it. He's not he's not allowed back on the bandwagon. He can't pretend he likes the Chiefs now. But they were they were talking about that a lot. And I think Steve was the one that was like, hey, like this is what you got to do against Chiefs. And I've been watching ESPN this morning and uh, Chris Broussard was killing him for it. And um, Nick Wright, former 6'10er, first things first, uh, now on FS1, defended Brandon Staley, defended his actions, and said that this is what you got to do when you play a team like the Chiefs. You got to be aggressive. You got to try to score as many points as you possibly can uh, because you're facing the best quarterback in the league, best offense in the league. This is what you got to do. And. I understand why after the fact, after it fails, people would criticize Brandon Staley for how that how that went down. How the fact that, you know, they went for it on fourth down, I think it was five times and only got it twice. And key stops right before halftime. Um, I can completely understand why people would kill him for that. Because it's a results-oriented business, and, the, and when the results of your risks don't pay off, when they're, they're bad results, then you're going to get criticized for making those risky decisions. But I can't blame Brandon Staley for doing what he did because I, I prescribe to the method that in today's NFL, if you have an offense that is great, you got yourself a great quarterback, great receivers, uh, weapons that you can trust to get you yards – you got to take risk in order to ensure that you put your opponent away. Um, today's NFL is different. It's not the same kind of NFL that it was 20 years ago where teams just sit there and, you know, you get, if you get a fourth and two deep in your opponent's territory, 
you just kick a field goal, take the points, play it safe. It's not a it's not a game where teams on average are scoring less than 20 a game. Now the average team is scoring like 24 a game, which is a hell of a lot more points than what teams were scoring back in the 90s and 80s and whatnot. You know, I, I, I remember growing up watching 90s football. It wasn't super entertaining sometimes. Sometimes you'd get some 13 to 10 matchups. And, you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you're into the defensive matchups, it's great. You know, it's great seeing linebackers just run over running backs in the backfield. And, you know, next thing you know, you got second and 14 and you got to figure out a way to get some yards before third down. Uh, Today's NFL is different. Teams can take chunks out of defenses really quick. You saw the Chiefs last night struggle for three quarters and then they get to the fourth quarter and all of a sudden it was just like Patrick Mahomes in the offense woke up and, you know, three touchdowns later we're talking about a Chiefs win. So I completely understand the apprehensiveness that people have because, like, last night in the eyes of many people was a loss for analytics, as they say. It's a loss for analytics. But I feel like this is just the way the NFL is today. Now, certainly teams aren't going for it at the level that Brandon Staley and the Chargers have been going for it. But Andy Reid has been hyper-aggressive. Andy Reid went for it on fourth down and, and right in front of the goal. And Patrick Mahomes had an absolutely terrible throw to McCole Hardman. You know, he threw a one-hopper to him and and uh, on what would have been a, a – Easy touchdown for McColl if that ball if that ball's on target. Easy touchdown for him. But it didn't work, and some people got mad at it. And, you know, I certainly commended him for for taking the chance. It's on it's an execution issue. It's not a play call issue. It's not a it's not a decision to go for it on fourth down issue. I enjoy the aggressiveness because I think it makes the game better. I think it makes it more interesting, and I, I think it's smarter to do it that way because you got to chase points as much as you can in today's league, and especially when you play a quarterback as great as Patrick Mahomes, you got to take the risk to ensure that you get as many points as you possibly can. That's just how today's NFL works. It's a game where you try to get as many points as you possibly can when you happen to face a behemoth like a Patrick Mahomes. When you face a team that's as dangerous as, as this team is, with this kind of quarterback, with this kind of coach, with these kind of weapons, you got to get as many points as you can. And not the safe points, not the three points. you got to get as many touchdowns as you can. And I, I've been saying this all year because people have been saying all year long, oh, teams don't fear the Chiefs. No, that's BS. Teams still fear the Chiefs. we got to stop saying that stuff. I've had to get on Bink about this. I've had to get on Sean Levine about this because I've been hearing people, oh, they don't fear us. No, they do fear us because if they didn't fear the Chiefs, they wouldn't be going for it on fourth down as much. They wouldn't be as aggressive as they are. Teams will take more shots against the Chiefs, try to throw the ball down the field so they can get a DPI penalty or something to move the ball down the field because they understand that this stuff matters. Teams are playing it safe on the defensive end. Too high safety most of the time. They don't blitz Mahomes as much as they used to. You know why? Because if you blitz him, you get what happens in overtime. When they threw the ball to Travis Kelsey right around midfield because they sent an extra blitzer, took a guy out of coverage, and he burns him deep. Like, this is just how you got to operate when you face a titan, a giant, like the Chiefs and like Patrick Mahomes. You got to be aggressive. Well, and... And and I I'd like to give him props for staying true to to who they are as as a team, 
right? I mean, this, uh, I am by no means uh, a Charger aficionado, but yeah. this is, that's the style of their play. They go for, I mean, more than almost any other team in the NFL, they go for the fourth. That's just them. That's how they play. That's their style. So this wasn't out of the norm for them. That's that's how they've played all year long. So kudos to him for staying true to who they are as a team. That's just what they do. They're an aggressive team. They believe in Justin Herbert and that offense. They have a terrible defense. I mean, they they that wasn't the case necessarily last night, but the, again, that's just who they've been all year long. So I don't know why everyone's acting so surprised. Uh, to me, those that have that reaction haven't really done their due diligence when it comes to maybe looking into who who the Chargers really are. Plus, I think it's I think it's an issue where it's more of a they're mad they're they're criticizing him for the results, not the decision. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. If if three of the five attempts they would have succeeded on, we wouldn't be having this discussion today. Like I remember, I think it was 2008. I think they went two for five. Yeah, two for five. I think it was 2008, and the the Patriots were playing the Colts in Indianapolis, and the Patriots had the ball deep in their own territory, probably 2025, and fourth and two. Bill Belichick decides, hey, we're gonna go for it. Reason why is because he did not want Peyton Manning to get the ball back with a chance to go down and win it. And he was like, we're going to, if we can't get two yards, we don't deserve to win. And they went for it. They didn't get it. And Peyton Manning got the ball. They were able to score and they won the game. And so many people, I remember watching first take back when Skip Bayless was on it. And um, I remember seeing so many people on media and on sports media, killing Bill Belichick for going forward on fourth down instead of punting and, and hoping and praying his defense could get stops against Peyton freaking Manning. And I just remember being like, I don't blame Belichick for doing that. You, if, would you rather trust your offense with Tom Brady to get two yards or would you trust your defense to have to stop one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history? I think I'm going to take my my quarterback, who at that time was one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history and was the best quarterback in the league. I would take him to get two yards than I would my defense to go stop one of the best in the game. I, I understand people want to play it safe. People want to use conventional football knowledge. Hell, there's still people that, that think that if you have defense and run the football, you can win a, you can win a Super Bowl easily. Like, th- there's still people that, that throw that mantra. You run the football, you play defense, you, you win titles. Defense wins championships. Like, I, I very much of the mindset that if you have an opportunity to ice a game by going for it on fourth down – I don't have any problem whatsoever with you doing it, provided you got the personnel to do it. And the Chargers have the personnel to, to do that kind of uh, of risk-taking, and it just didn't work out yesterday. S- credit to Spags, credit to the, the players on the field, and obviously they had some some drops there from, uh, like, Donald Parham. Uh, hopefully, you know, he supposedly got discharged today after that uh, concussion he suffered on the field. Hopefully he's doing well. And uh, Jared Cook dropped a, a would-be touchdown. So you you had some opportunities that were missed. But I, I still feel like it's a good idea. If you've got the personnel, trust them and go for it when you can. Coming up next, me and Julio are going to discuss who we think the competition for the Chiefs are in the AFC. 
This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in here on Bink at Night, 6 Sports Radio, 6 Christian Lucero. Somebody in the Jay Southland Toe Service text line. Uh, we were talking about athletes. Like, who's the best athlete that ate their way out of their sport? Someone said George Foreman. Like, big George Foreman? No. Can't give you that. Can't give you that, dude. The Foreman I, I, grill alone takes him off the list. Yeah, didn't no. he retire? Didn't he like he did. retire and then he came back and he was big, but he's, you know, he's, he had big ass arms and he was hurting people. He was still knocking people out. Like, I, I can't agree with that. Like he, he actually looked like he had a little bit more power when he was, when he was, when he came in bigger. I can't, I can't give you that. Plus he did give us the, the George Foreman grill. I used to watch those infomercials back in the day. <laughs> Dude, like the they that was used to a game have, changer. Dude, man. they look good. Those dude. were a game changer. Dude, they used to have like the they used to have like the roasts on there, and they'd be spinning or the or the uh, rotisserie chickens, and they'd be spinning on there in the in the infomercials. I'd be like, uh, it'd be like four in the morning on like Channel Five, the Channel Five on cable. Um, when they'd have infomercials, I'd be like, man, I, I kind of want, kind of want that. Uh, Someone say Yokozuna as well. That is true. Yokozuna did eat his way out the WWE. Another one is Lindale White. I, I just looked this up. Lindale White did that. He was part of the 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 smash and dash, as they as they called it in uh, in in the NFL. It was him and Chris Johnson one of the, one of the one of the best tandems we've seen at running back and since the turn of the century. Absolutely. So I want to talk about who the competition is for the Chiefs in the AFC now that they are on top of the conference. Um, I've been debating this with Bink for a while whenever I, I produce for him. And, like, obviously the number one option that people are going to have is the Patriots. I, I don't think that they're the best competition for the Chiefs in the AFC. And I understand why people believe it. Because you're seeing a team that's coached by Bill Belichick that's winning a lot of games. And so you're like, oh, that must be the same thing we watched 20 years ago. When they had Tom Brady and he was, you know, back in 2001. And I mean, it looks similar. It looks similar. But if, in order for you to say that, you have to admit that you think that Mac Jones is going to take the same step that, that, that Brady did in the playoffs that year. Do you think that? Like, does anybody think that? I mean, there's Does nothing. Does anybody think that? There's no evidence to say that he won't. I mean, but there's the no evidence, evidence to say right that he is, will. Uh, the evidence that we have right now is saying it's a possibility, right? I mean, it's a possibility with any quarterback. I mean, it's a possibility yeah, that Derek Carr that. could do that, but yeah. it didn't happen. Nah. But that's yeah. what I'm saying, though, is like Mac Jones has been along for the ride. He's not been the the driver. Of the whole, that the defense is the driver. But isn't that kind of how Brady started? I mean, it they is. didn't rely it is. on Brady to but begin with. But that was in 2001 when the rules were different, when it was much easier to play defense than it is in 2021 because they changed the interpretation of the Mel Blunt rule in 04 and it made it so that basically now if you breathe on a receiver, you're going to get a flag called on you. It's different now. Like nowadays, it's so hard to play defense. 
And it's hard to play great defense against great offense. And that's the reason why it's so much more a quarterback-driven league now. I mean, we don't see traditional great defenses win championships that often. I mean, you had the Broncos in 2015, the Legion of Boom in 2013. I mean, how many great defenses have we seen win championships? Like, great like all time, like clearly best, like the Chiefs played that defense two years ago and they dropped 21 in the fourth quarter to win by two scores. I mean, I'm not saying you can't win with a great defense, but it's damn hard to do it. It's so much easier to win if your quarterback is doing it for you. And I don't believe in Mac Jones. I ain't seen it and he really hasn't set the precedent there. So I don't, I just, I understand Bill Belichick, but dude, that's 20 years ago. That was a different NFL. Things have changed now. Things are much easier for receivers and quarterbacks as far as moving the ball down the field. I mean, I'll say this. I think the Chargers could be the correct answer. I think they could be. We'll see what they do in the playoffs because uh, they got six losses now. So this ain't a team that's, that's elite right now. This is a team that's taking some L's. Uh, we've seen them lose to some teams that aren't great, like the Broncos. You know, we, we've seen them lose some games. And, and so we saw them get killed by the, by the Ravens earlier this year. So this ain't, they're not an elite team right now, but I think the bills are the best answer. Still a quarterback driven league. You got Josh Allen. I consider him elite. I know you don't Julio. I consider him. Elite. I'd say he's a he's second tier elite. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's elite. That, <laughs> I don't think that's elite. He's borderline. <laughs> he's he border, is, I'll give he's, him borderline. I can, I can see borderline. I can see borderline. I think he's elite, but I still think this is a quarterback driven league, and because of that, I, it's hard for me to to put him in that category. Coming up next, we'll uh, answer some. We'll look at some of your texts before we get into the final hour. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Final couple minutes here, the second hour of the show. Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, the Odyssey app. Christian Ocero, Julio Sanchez. So we've been talking about this all hour. Which who's the best athlete that ate their way out of the league? Eddie Lake Eddie Lacy is like the most popular answer on the Chase Southland Toast. Gotta be. Right? This is the easy, it's the easy one. It's 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 Eddie Lacy. That's the easy one. Someone just sent in like a couple minutes ago, Mojo Drew, Maurice Jones Drew. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Look, after he left the league, after he left the yes. league, yes, but he was already out the league before he started eating. We're specifically talking about ate their way yeah. out of the league. Like they like was, they when was they're in, in their the prime league. situation. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still, I still really like Kelvin Benjamin. I really like Kelvin Benjamin. <laughs> Yeah, I think Eddie Lacy and Kelvin Benjamin are like neck and neck. I was saying, but yeah, Eddie, Eddie Lacy. Top spot. I thought, Eddie, oh man, I, I, I always say this. Like, I had such high hopes for Eddie Lacy too, dude. I, I have man. high hopes for every Alabama running back, dude. I, all of them. 
Trent Richardson, all of them, like everyone. I'm always high on those guys, man. I seriously, I this year in the second round of my money league in fantasy, I drafted Najee Harris. Oh, I did too. And oh, he's been money. so he's been, great. He's been so great. Mr. For reliable. Me. I know, man. Like it is not even like because like the 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 Steelers aren't even great at running the football, but he catches so many passes that it makes him a great fantasy running back. I mean, PPR. when Ben can only throw the ball yeah, he can't, 10 he, yards. Yeah, or he can only throw 10 shorter. yards. So <laughs> it's really easy for him to get the ball. That's why I was like, I was like, with Najee, like everyone knew that Najee was getting drafted by the Steelers. Everyone knew that. And I remember sitting there during the draft, I was like, well, he's going to be my top running back of fantasy this year. He is the reason why I, I got the one seed in my, uh, in my money league. And hopefully I can, uh, I can ride. I, I could, I could, that that was that was not gonna come out right. Uh, hopefully, I can. I wish you would have finished it. I know it's not gonna finish it because you're not about to get a cut out of it. I'm about to do that. Um, hopefully, Najee Harris will carry me to a championship in my fantasy league, so I can win that money and I can win that championship ring. So, coming up next, I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, if you are just now getting on the Chiefs bandwagon, we don't need you. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 